It don't matter what I try I just can't win and I don't know why There's a fork in every road I pick the wrong one and then I go American loser, yes I am Disenfranchised from everything well, I fall up and I fall down Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of American Loser. My name is KP Burke and we are live at a shared universe podcast studio at the Bellworks, Dad. The Bellworks. We're back. Back at the Bellworks. Back at the it's been how time. long? Are we, uh, it's been a minute and you know what it is? It's such a great space and it's a beautiful studio and it's a very cool place to bring people to. Oh, yeah. We're actually going to have to be here next time too, I think. But um, the whole thing is, is that... Uh, Sometimes we'd be here and just a, a bar would be being destroyed next door, Dad. I mean, yeah. oh yeah, drilling into concrete. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was uh, excavation work going on. Uh, oh, and then Jewish Beach Boys. The Jewish Beach Boys played once. I mean, uh, it, there's a lot of stuff going on here, folks. It's, oh, and then church. <laughs> a, yes, a Pentecostal church service broke out during an episode of this very show. Um, but we're back over here, and uh, of course, we have to say thank you to Mike and Ming who take a great care of us uh, here at the Shared Universe Podcast Studio. Ming especially worked around. Uh, I had a couple of issues yesterday. That's why this is uh, one day late here. A couple, uh, two. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to go ahead and say that Kahuna uh, is playing inside baseball already. I slammed uh, a car door shut on my hand, and it it's not great. Okay, because um, uh, during the day I have a job where I work with my hands. So, good news is though, Dad, I only did this on our way to the first job. So I only had eight and a half hours yeah, that go. I had to work with my Suck busted hand. Yeah. So, um, LP, we got a, a bump recently, so I just want to say thank you real quick if we can to the listeners of, uh, first of all, Real Ass Podcast. The people at Gas Digital are very good to us. And then, of course, uh, our buddy Sam Tripoli, who uh, wouldn't it – isn't it fitting, Dad, all right, that uh, mm. you and me, a couple of Irish fellas, but um, – you have an Armenian woman in your life that's very important to you. Absolutely. Uh, there's an Armenian Primary. woman in my life that's very important to me. You know, they're the same person. They're Sandy Burke. Um, <laughs> there you go. And she instilled this love and devotion for the Armenians, and they have each other's back, man. And let me tell you, uh, Sam Tripley's listeners, if you guys came through, thank you so much. We're going to entertain the shit out of you on this show. Go through the back catalog. You want the weird conspiracy stuff? We did it. We did Bay of Pigs over two parts. You want to we talk about did. Tammany Hall, how government corruption's actually built all these things in civilization. You can go visit museums built by corruption. <laughs> That's right. You want to go check out Stanford White? Go listen to that episode. I love that. Visit museums built by corruption. Good right. God. Had it not been for corruption, we wouldn't have this beautiful edifice we call a museum. Of, it's the uh, truth. Yeah. And wouldn't we know it because we're from a state that literally is built on corruption. No. New Jersey. No, no, no. <laughs> um, uh, this one's a, it's a fun topic. It's uh, a little bit weird and off kilter. Um, so I'm going to make two more announcements real quick up front. Number one being, you guys know the deal. My album comes out in May, the Kahuna Direct directed it. We're very, very excited. That's going to be available on YouTube. I think it's going to be the weekend before Memorial Day weekend. And I will confirm that because the only thing that's weird right now are the dates that uh, Sirius XM is picking up some tracks beforehand. So they can be playing my album up to three weeks before it actually comes out. But once it's out, folks, you watch that shit on YouTube. You share it, man. I need you. Please, please, please. I don't know how many more I don't know how much more manual labor I have left in me. Right? <laughs> After you smash your hand, yeah. That's yeah. Oh, diminishing it's a bad returns. One. It is a bad one. And then, of course, thank you to uh, our friends over at the dojo. I opened for uh, my one of my great buddies. We should really have him on the show. I don't know why we haven't yet. Sean Morton, great guy, uh, great human being. 
and I uh, got to hang out up there. Uh, Lynette Palladino actually came up and was on the show too, and people knew her in the crowd from this show. There you go. Now those people gonna make you famous. Are named Nick Franco. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so bad, too. Nick came out with a couple of friends. One of his buddies was very funny, uh, Eddie Sass, good guy, uh, Florida comic. He did a, a guest spot on the show. And um, then they left immediately. They, left, they like walked out the front, and Fernandez and I are in the back doing cigars, and we completely missed him in the parking lot. So, Nick, I've already apologized to you, but now I'm doing it in public. All right. <laughs> so, I think we're good to go on that one. If Guys, if you want to support the show, for as little as $3 a month, you can jump over to the Patreon. This is your last free episode of the month of March. What we're asking for is if you guys like the show and want to, like, we can continue to grow it and we're doing our damnedest. We want to keep putting out great topics like the one we're about to discuss with you. Because we're doing pretty good so far. Yeah. We are. Um, I tell you, this one might be a free one, but it's it's Patreon uh, worthy because of the amount of, of research that we had to do on this one. Although we we had some prodding from right from the get go, oh, so man. this is why I'm the ringmaster <laughs> around feel, here. I feel like shit. Okay, this is why I'm the ringmaster. I was going to set it up differently, sir. I was going to say you guys don't understand this episode. Three and a half years in the making. <laughs> yeah, I think on the well, second. that's how long we've been researching this. Guy. Listen, I from the jump. Of have course, been... by the way, real quick, let's just introduce him for because we. Oh we... wait, oh that's right. I haven't even been. Go yeah. for it. The lower voice is my dilf of a dad, Lawrence Patrick. Who already said hello. The and behind the ones and two. <laughs> behind the ones and twos, the dulcet tones of the one big Kahuna. Hey, how you doing, man? It's good to have you here, buddy. It's always a pleasure. We requested Chris Mad for this topic. Yeah, no, <laughs> right. sorry about that. But you know, I from the jump, I have been a, a fan of this podcast. Like, be, not just being a part of it, like as an active listener. Like, we'll listen to this stuff in the car. Fucking love this show. And I knew from the get go when I worked with you the first time, I was like, oh my god, I know the perfect American loser. <laughs> he sure did. And, it, and his name was Preston Thomas <laughs> Tucker. Dad, how long has Kahuna been talking to us about this? Because I think he is right. I think, I it think did come from up. the first episode that we did here, what, three and a half years ago? We well, that's it. how long it took us to do the research worthy of, of Preston Tucker. And you guys are getting this for a freebie. But what's exactly. interesting Not is that Patreon. even in the three years, like there's been like updates, like even the even the price of the cars have gone up because of it. Oh, well, yeah. There's a, a bunch going on, too. So for the, the uninitiated, if you will, on uh, the guy that we're going to talk about here today, who, by the way, is a fascinating human being, um, did have a major motion picture made about him, directed by, I believe, Francis Ford Coppola. Correct. And uh, also starring Martin Landau. And I think Landau even got an award for it, or at least nominated for an award. Um so it's definitely – at first we were trying to do something. We wanted to stay away from people that had been covered in movies and then we just realized this guy is still niche enough in his own right that you can cover him. So Yeah, the movie bombed. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Another part of him being a loser I suppose, right? Yeah, I mean I guess, I guess it was also poor timing with that film because they also tried to do it as a <clears> – excuse me, as a Broadway musical. And it just didn't it's take tough off to that do, way. Yeah, there's there's one good musical about cars, and it's called Cars. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, my father is going to share what he's been able to dig up, and Kahuna can finally explain why whenever someone calls an American a loser, he immediately thinks of Preston Tucker. So take it away, Kahuna. Yeah, that's well, weird. Let, let me set up a little here. We'll set up a little. We got to yeah. give at least the people the um, uh, the American loser treatment. And then I want because both of you guys are I know the old man dug in deep here. He's got uh, an uh, auto automotive uh, 
arts uh, minor from uh, the College of New Jersey. Yeah, you, well, yeah, Trenton State College. Captain Trenton State. Yeah. Listen, we got to be careful because when we say that you did some time in Trenton State, they're always like, hang <laughs> on. They're right. <laughs> like, what the hell? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then Kahuna's got, uh, obviously, I've got uh, six passion pages. Writing. Yeah, I've got six pages of notes here. Who's ruffling papers this week? Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, front to back, but it's more or less cliff notes because I just I went through the story because I was like, I just want to make sure my memory is as strong as as I remember the story because the movie wasn't the first time I'd heard about the Tucker. So, for some context, you know it's going to be good. When we're referring to him as the Tucker, so he's almost like yeah. a pro wrestler here. It's a, well, it's Wayne the Rock Johnson. For just a little bit of context before KP takes it away, Tucker named the car after himself. So the Tucker automobile, which is known as the Tucker Forty Eight, because that's the year it was supposed to come out. So right. Sorry, KP. No, there you go. you're doing great foreshadowing though, because when we say supposed to. This guy was supposed to be a much bigger deal than he is. Yeah. He should be being referred to. And we did a great episode a while back on uh, Henry Ford and the Dodge Brothers. And I wish I wish Nate could be here for it. My best friend, Nate Condit, he's down in Charlotte right now. Um, he works as a mechanic, works on a lot of weird vehicles. And he was just hating on Henry Ford like oh, nobody yeah. else. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, it was hysterical, though. And then uh, we wound up having a really good time with it. But uh, it's... So this is not the first time we've covered somebody with an automotive background. You guys are going to figure out pretty quickly if you don't know much about him already. Because, again, the story starts in Michigan and they are known for some things and one of them being automotive. Yeah. He's born in 1903 on a peppermint farm, which I didn't know could be a thing. Um, his father would pass away sadly though when Preston was just two years old. But, Dad, I believe if there is a thing known as the knack. Right. The knack. Dilbert. Have That's you ever right. Seen the Dilbert cartoon, yeah. the, the animation of the knack. Well, <laughs> so Preston definitely had the uh, he had, had the, the knack. oh he was born he with had it. the skills. Now yeah. there's some people that say that that can be passed down uh, genetically, almost like uh, uh, other characteristics, like uh, physical DNA traits, which is why my father's the most handy man I have ever met in my life, a true brilliant engineer who can make anything out of anything, and I'm adopted. That was great. Uh, I got uh, dick jokes, though, right? I got dick jokes and a couple of good stories. So isn't this – I don't know if it – this is the one thing I didn't research, but I know it's mentioned in the movie, but I don't know if it's actually true, is that he was actually run over by a car, and that kind of sparked his love of cars. It is so cra- – so LP leaned in like he knows something already, too. I watched an old um, Tucker uh, – like public promo mi- promo movie? Yeah, it was a public relations video, and it was uh, one of the classic like gather around everyone, and you can hear about the great Preston Tucker, the great got- nor- northern right, northeastern right, right. accent. Isn't uh, that what that North Transatlantic or something like that? Well, when he was coming out with um, this particular thing, it was paid for by uh, Tucker Automotive uh, Public Relations, which obviously becomes the thing that this young man is going to eventually get into, and he revolutionizes revolutionizes the world. Um, but it did crack me up that they did literally say, and, and LP, correct me where I'm wrong here, but I think Cahoon is right. He did get hit by a car and then he goes, that was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dust himself off and yeah. All right. Let's try that again. Hang on. What was that? <laughs> but that's what, a tr- the, what was that? That's a true story then though, correct? Uh, I didn't find that, that particular uh, research. See, In my three been, and a half um, years of researching this guy, I didn't find anything <laughs> about getting hit by a car. But I did so. see that as well. And I think that was part of um, uh, the sales pitch. Now, by the way, public relations for the Sam Tripoli listeners who were like, I don't want to hear about an automotive guy. 
public relations was invented by Edward Bernays, whose cousin was Sigmund Freud, whose current cousin is the head of Netflix. Yeah, he's da, got some da, uh, da, layers da, to da, him da, as well. Well, it's pretty great, too, because uh, our boy gets his job. Again, it, it's pretty much on display very early on here. And, and again, his father was actually a railroad engineer. So I think that likely impacted his son's future with revolutionizing the auto industry. And we did warn you, he's from Michigan. Yeah. They do cars right outside at, Detroit. Yeah, right. Exactly. Lincoln Park was the name of the town, actually. Motor um, oils in the blood. Oh, totally. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> he there was a uh, his first jobs were basically all automotive related. Well, like did you find who way, he worked for first? Yeah, he worked as an office boy for Cadillac. He did. He and when we met a... the Kahuna, he was driving a Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> Jersey connection number one. <laughs> That's right. But you're right. This cracked me up so hard. And tell me, because I did not see the movie. Did they mention in there that he was this young boy in the office running errands for people, like making a copy, grabbing coffees or and that he wore rollerblades? I'm sorry, roller skates. Roller skates, yeah. Because <laughs> it was a pretty big office and in order to get from point to point rather than you know hoofing it around by uh, just walking or hiking or, or trotting he mm -hmm. he strapped on the roller skates and was roller skating around the place to uh, get a little speed and a little uh, added uh, added distance to his day there's a lot of um i want to go fast to him yeah. to his character <laughs> i mean it, later in the story before the the car it makes sense cuz he gets into racing Yes. But but in the early life, uh, he he was an office boy for Cadillac. I don't know how long that lasted. He worked on uh, an assembly line for, for for Henry Ford. Indeed, he worked on the Ford yeah, assembly no, line. What I did find though, the the office boy for Cadillac, uh, while he was on roller skates, he was zooming around the office and uh, actually turned a corner and flattened one of the one of the higher ups knocked him oh. on his ass and that pretty much ended his uh, his, his career his at career at... <laughs> uh, oh poor kid and uh for those who don't know cadillac is actually the the guy who um the french explorer that uh settled that area that uh i forget that we talked about a little bit yeah cadillac and then it was uh detroit was actually pronounced detroit back yeah. in the day so there was a couple other car names in in that too yeah oh, pontiac was a pontiac one. Yeah. was it chief pontiac was it also chrysler uh chrysler comes in here as well it's so funny because all of these names we know them as brands but in the time of this story they're people yeah they're, they're <laughs> yeah. still people it, oh, very much so but it's the the you just have no idea um, the power that you can conjure up with some of the names we're about to pull into the people he's rubbing elbows with, even yeah. as a young man over here. And by the way, he does uh, eventually after uh, – I like to picture that he used to say, shoo, shoo, as he was going around the <laughs> – <laughs> yeah. but uh, uh, what does he do? He's a young man. He's got a little bit of an adrenaline junkie kind of a vibe here, maybe a little bit. Um, not quite sure what he wants to do with himself. So he dabbles with the idea of, you know, who gets into high-speed chases and doesn't get in trouble. He becomes a police officer. He does. He joins the police department, a local Just one. for the cars. Literally just yeah. for the cars. Yeah. Do you know why he got fired? Uh, well, there's a couple of reasons. that He gets fired twice, from what I found. Second time was uh, making mods to the police cars. Correct. He, he put in a heater. Yeah, well, <laughs> and used a blowtorch to do so. Right, right. He was, uh, I guess, I don't know whether he was on stakeout or what, but he was in one of the uh, police cars and it was on a cold, you know, frigid night and uh, there was no heaters in the cars back at, back then. And uh, he decided, wait, well, I know how to fix this. Cut a hole through the, through the dashboard, 
um, so that some of the engine heat is now um, coming up into the into uh, the car, into the into the compartment. The people <laughs> and was the fired the next day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, he was also banned for six months. I think they couldn't fire him. I forget what the rules are with cops. It's always changing and evolving. But uh, I believe he was banned for six months from driving any police vehicle. So it's like, hey, you're, you're easy there, flat foot. All right, you're back on it. <laughs> yeah, you're going right. to go walk a couple of beats, you know what I mean? Yeah. But We appreciate you trying to give us a little more heat in the, in the cruisers, but uh, cutting through the dashboard with a blowtorch without yeah, no. authorization, uh, that's a no-no. No, well, the no, first no. time he got fired, I don't know um, if Kahuna knew this one. This is pretty great too, but uh, LP, you know the story of how he got fired the first time? Yeah, he uh, actually it was Mommy, mommy Dearest that uh, blew the whistle on him that his uh, mom ratted on him yeah his mom ratted him out that uh you know did you realize that my son is actually underage he's too young to actually serve as a police officer no way <laughs> yeah but again he wanted to go fast so uh and what better way of going fast without getting into as much trouble become uh, become a police officer that you can go uh, you know, you can go 90 miles an hour if you want. No, nobody's going to say anything. Well, then mom kind of ratted him out. So, and Come on, uh, mom. and he was hired back. And the second time, or the second time through, was when he he decided to alter the uh, the cruiser with uh, with the blowtorch for heat. But if you look at every single decision that he made um, throughout his life at its heart, at its center, is always going to be the automotive industry. And I'm making an improvement on the automotive <laughs> industry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like if you're the- in a car that doesn't have heat, trust me, as a guy at one time owned a 63 Volkswagen, uh, you freeze your ass off in that when you're when mm-hmm. there is no heat coming up uh, from the from the engine. And uh, there was no electric heaters or anything back then. You had a 63 so. Bug? I did. You had a Herbie. You had an exact I, I year did. for Herbie. I That's did. awesome. <laughs> well, oh, he, he's being humble right now, too, because um, he tells anybody who would listen that uh, he was a uh, industrial arts major. At Trenton State, yeah, with a minor in automotive, just to keep his piece of shit car. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. That, if you if you minored, uh, I had a second minor in in automotive, so that would give me access to the lab where I could put the friggin' thing back up onto the lift and try to keep it alive for another week. <laughs> put a little duct tape here, there a little, you go. little plumber's putty there. That's it. There you go. It's perfect. It's brand new. So I always wondered what would happen with this too, where. Um, Again, I, I picture the more I read about Preston Tucker, there's so much of it um, in terms of uh, he's a forthright guy. He's very likable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and then he's definitely a sympathetic loser. We would put him in that camp for sure. Yeah. This isn't like this is the cool thing about this show is that like we've created a new camp for losers where it's like this shouldn't have happened, but it did. But let's give the people their due. Like, even though he's Agreed. on the show American Loser, and what did happen to him sucks. His legacy is, it almost surpasses what happened in a weird way. So We're rehabbing his image the same way where people are finding out bad stuff about people they used to think were gods in, yeah. in this country. So it's um, it's kind of fun. And uh, that's the fun part about history, too, to you know keep kind of uh, tuning in, if you will. Yeah. And but, it doesn't uh, happen often. There's still some losers we cover on this show. <laughs> Every now and then. Yeah, every there, now There and must then. be a Dan Sickle for every... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do want to cover again, though, that uh, Preston does work for the Ford Motor Company. Uh, more on that. You want to check out that episode on Henry Ford versus the Dodge Brothers to really learn how that legacy kind of got uh, um, 
mis uh, I, I, what's a good word for misrepresented that? misrepresented uh, misconstrued <laughs> right <laughs> but Preston will work for four during the day and then he and his wife he gets married to a nice girl named Vera mm -hmm. and uh, he and the wife run a gas station on the side they pick up a six month lease for a gas station now fun thing about a gas station is we see a gas station nowadays you see the big corporate ones there's no garage service there's no people coming out there you want me to check the oil for you anything like they that. ran a service station exactly right. a service station they would fill up put air in your tires clean the windshield he's turning a wrench too I mean, he's fixing and fixing and, and repairing so he knows the ins and the ins and outs of the uh of the automobile and it's not just uh not just pumping gas and cleaning your windshield though. yeah <laughs> which uh i mean that that really was uh, what a great hobby shop that you could profit off of at the same time. It's kind of a great fit for him and the wife. The wife works the place during the day, and then her husband comes home from his work at the Ford Motor Company, and then he starts turning a wrench again. This, what I'll tell you what, this is what blows my mind. My father's one of the hardest workers I ever met in my life. You can't sit still. You don't have it in you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been accused of that. You don't. You're uh, again half Irish, half hummingbird. We've covered it. Um, <laughs> But this guy will sometimes come in from working around the house on something. This Growing up as a kid, even the last couple of years, I would even say I saw you do this. Come in from working out in the yard or something or, or working on a project. Make yourself a sandwich. Sit down and watch a show called Ice Road Truckers and say, <laughs> I don't know how they do it. <laughs> so these people that have that nonstop, Nate's got that drive. Uh, Cousin Greg has that drive. Like people are – there's something about when you know you can fix something that the internal drive is there. It's uh, the yeah. same way I think I can't stop telling jokes. I'm not capable of, of not doing it. Um, but Preston's obviously got that and it's working out pretty good for him here, but uh, it's not paying dividends the way you want it to. So he winds up, he does go back to the police department, got banned from driving the police vehicles for using a blowtorch, obviously. Yeah, they, they don't look kindly on you I love altering their vehicles. And yeah. this is a good... Uh, a good 40 years before Mad Max when you could start having a souped up cop car. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But uh, another knack of sorts is about to show itself though. So I keep talking about the um, uh, mechanical uh, inclined skill set that he has. Yes. But he's got uh, the thing that um, Kahuna's got some of this to him as well. And uh, I got some of it, and obviously Ming's got it because I've been paying him to be my friend for four years. Um, <laughs> it's the gift of gab, the ability to drive sales. It's good stuff. And this is about to uh, like kind of show its um, – it's about to become a more uh, preeminent quality in his life. And uh, that's this additional knack for sales over here because apparently – Preston Tucker had the gift of gab and could sell cars like nobody's business. Yep. Now, this started as a side job of selling Studebakers. So, Dad, outside of Studebaker being the coolest name. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is the coolest name. Studebaker. Uh, Studebaker. So, a bear's um, natural habitat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you didn't think I'd sneak in a Muppet reference or two of this? <laughs> you underestimate my power. Right. Waka waka. <laughs> <laughs> But dad, real quick, just for the listeners at home who yeah, are yeah. Uh, naive on this. And again, I'm not a car guy. I'm not mechanically inclined with this stuff. I see numbers and my brain just shuts off. But Studebaker, relevant. Why? Uh, it was it was one of the early uh, car manufacturers that uh, before, you know, when 
early on, early automotive, there was a lot of different car companies, and a lot of it came from what was the mode of transportation beforehand. Well, it was, you know, your wagon. So um, there was uh, some brothers, the Studebaker brothers, that manufactured uh, wagons. And then once this, uh, uh, or coaches, and once these uh, horseless carriages <laughs> started coming into play, uh, the automotive business is, is launched. They goes they, faster. You ain't got to feed it. And it doesn't shit in your face while you're using it. <laughs> yeah, right. And there's a lot of pluses. Um, but uh, yeah, so the Studebakers, the brothers, uh, entered the automotive business. And then what was interesting, uh, I found that they really started the business and uh, automotive business part of it in 1902 with electric vehicles. So, so, you know, everybody's talking about the cutting edge Tesla. Well, uh, we're p- still playing catch up on the uh, electric side of thing. But, Wait, uh, Nikola's or Elon's? Yeah, yeah there you go. Uh, and then, um, you know, in 1904, they finally start coming around to gasoline uh, vehicles, gasoline engines. Um, but, you know, they had some they had some ups and downs and it was really uh, up through well, from 1904 up through you know the Second World War, they were one of the players in the uh, automotive industry. And post-war, they didn't do too well because there was a lot of a lot of difficulties with uh, post-war. And I say post-war, we're talking World War II. Um, that they had some financial difficulties uh, post-World War II that uh, they kind of they kind of faded out of the scene. Uh, they had an unsuccessful merger with another one that, you know, is a name that my age group might remember, Packards. Yeah. Uh, they they merged with uh, Packards. Um, but by 1954, they were pretty they were much gone. done. They yeah. were they were over. But, um, but you know, going to just briefly, too, I mean, Tucker uh, – he definitely had the gift of gab, and he definitely had this the salesman knack. Not only the automotive mechanical knack, but the salesman knack. I mean, uh, there were many people that said, you know, beware of this guy because when he lays his big brown eyes on you and starts starts chatting you up, that you're you're gonna be you're gonna be buying something. He's uh, he was a born he could born sell you sell. water. Yeah, he could sell <laughs> ice cubes to the Eskimos or. Uh, um, there was a quote by uh, one of the biggies uh, in the automotive industry saying that he he's the only guy that could sell a Chrysler to Ford and sell a Ford to Chrysler. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good line. Yeah. <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah. What were you going to say, Cahoons? No, I was... Uh... I thought about something, but then I was like, oh, no, he clarified it but already. But that's freaking – I was I was just confused about something, but it's okay. We're good. There's, uh, there's something worth mentioning here too because uh, I'm going to – I'm not saying I'm fast-forwarding. No. But we're getting a little bit into the crux of the story. Um, Preston winds up – the sales thing is working out for him. And this guy, Michael Doolian, is uh, who I think might be Armenian dad. I can't prove it. I-A-N, the last name, though. Um, but uh, Preston will actually relocate to Memphis uh, to work for him and then also for a time in Buffalo. But then always seems to head back to Detroit or at least Michigan Yeah. Uh, to – at this time, he's actually selling Dodges, lose reception. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's around this time that the whole Preston, I want to go fast thing is going to kick back into high gear. So I'm about to get into what you said about his love for racing. Yeah. But just before that, to clarify, there's um, your post-World War One, post-Great War, the war to end all wars. It's supposed to never happen again. 
uh, we literally do it again within people's same lifetime. Yeah. Um, right. And the sequel as, no one wanted. Oh, exactly. And as we've covered um, on the show in great detail, anytime that you have a new invention, and I even said it on Sam's show not too long ago, um, anytime we have a new invention, it's uh, it seems to be humankind's idea of how do I fuck this or how do I use it to kill someone? <laughs> and it's unfortunate um, because... Uh, that's that's what's going to start to gear up here. So prior to him getting into the racing thing, which I really want to cover, because I think that's the heart of the story of the movie, too. Uh, he, he's got some time they spend on that, right? Yeah, he spends uh, the like, uh, I don't know how long exactly, but the early 30s. Uh, he's hanging out at one particularly famous race. Yeah, the Indianapolis 500. Yes, sir. Um, and that's where he meets uh, Harry Miller. Harry Miller is someone who he ends up partnering with to develop and build race cars. And that's how Tucker really starts to develop a name. Yeah. And Harry Miller was a world-class uh, autom- automotive racer, race yeah. car driver and, and, engineer. And, develop, and, yeah, and developer of, of- – What was the number on the engines? Because he had the um, he had the patent for I think he had designed the most uh, race-winning engines or something like that. It was – Actually, didn't astronomical number, unbelievable. He's really a cool guy too. The more you cover with him, Um, but uh, Mill and Preston will actually get a contract to soup up a couple vehicles for Henry Ford. Yeah, that one, folks. That Mm. one again. He's rubbing elbows with the the kingpins here, and Tucker's big personality and passion for the vehicles makes him very well known in the circle of all the automotive elites. I mean, who's he hanging with? That yeah, he's hanging with the big with the biggies, and again, he's a bigger in life personality to begin with. So I mean, uh, you know, you're not going to miss Preston Tucker if uh, there's a group of people. You're you're not going to be able to miss him just by his personality. No, and he's. it seems to be a good match too um, that him and Miller are, are – they actually – they're very much um, lifelong friends too because I uh, want to know what a good guy Preston Tucker is. I believe he actually is financially responsible for helping out uh, uh, the widow when uh, – Yeah, that was, when he that was later on at, at the trial that came to light. Because they work till he passes away. foreshadowing. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are foreshadowing here. But uh, but then this is they, – they also develop like – early Tucker inventions and vehicles, not just racing cars. There's one in particular that is very, very briefly touched upon in the movie, but it's actually kind of a cool cliff note. Tucker develops, I think, one of the first armored cars. Um, the, the we got tu- a little info on that. Yeah, <laughs> we, we can help you with that. I'll tell you um, what. Uh, this is actually a great segue then. I'm going to lead into it and then LP take off because I know you got this one dead to rights. Yeah, somewhere here. Oh, it's I, I got to rustle some papers. He's shuffling papers. Kahuna's right <laughs> shuffling papers. I have an iPad that I got as a Christmas gift from my mom. All right? <laughs> there you go. Um, you struggle with whenever there's no Wi-Fi. <laughs> Thank you, Sandy Berg. She's the best. She knows that. Shout um, out to Tuck is about to hit a big, big home run, though, and it will effectively change the entire world, which is why Kahuna might be right. This guy does fit the motif of a loser because it's now 1937, and there's a funny man with a mustache over in Germany getting a little bit more attention than we wanted to uh, originally give him credit for. But war means weapons. Weapons are machines. And the use of the automobile in war had already been proven well back in the – go ahead, Dad. What's the loser section here? Um, in the, in the war, the um, first time that uh, automobiles were used for military operations. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. There was a, 
a little fracas down along the uh, Texas-Mexico border, and uh, Pancho Villa was... Uh, We're going after Pancho Villa. <laughs> yeah. We're doing new cars. That, uh, that was uh, the guy who really led the charge uh, during the First World War for the American Expeditionary Force. Blackjack uh, Pershing. Blackjack Pershing, yeah. And who's he bringing with him? Uh, he's the bringing... The uh, dick of the Second World War. Some guy by uh, George Patton who uh, would really go into armored vehicles big time in the Second World War. <laughs> but we'll... Uh, we we digress a little bit here, but so those yeah, are the we're, guys we're, in the field that are figuring out that these things need to be. And by the way, there are early drawings of the tank coming around in um, World War One. So obviously, we know this is the next evolution of the game here. And World War One is really the most fascinating thing in, in humankind because the war started with people showing up on horses and ended with um, cars. Yeah, uh, cars, tanks, Motorized vehicles, um, yeah. mustard gas. I mean, it's unbelievable what we start. Uh, planes were fighting each other. I mean, that was <laughs> – no one had ever done that before. But Yeah, I mean, your your point before, Kevin, about uh, you know somebody develops this new technology and it doesn't take too long before somebody says, well, how can I take this to uh, – and what's the better way of killing people? I mean, the, the Wright brothers, um, you know, and Kitty Hawk has this thing to – Barely makes it the length of a football field, and then by, by the First World War, now we've got initially planes going up in the air for observation purposes. But within the the span Dad, of the war, we covered on the show balloons. Yeah, we were doing observation in balloons. Balloons, yeah, um, go up in the air with a hot air balloon. But um, now that aviation is here. It's completely changed uh, warfare that you no longer need an army and a navy, but now you need a, an air force as well. So by the end of the First World War, we've got planes that are dropping bombs on people and, and shooting at one another up in the air. So you now have to command the seas, you have to command the land, and you have to command or have the biggest advantage in the air as well. Well, 1930s, um, you know, Tucker is working with the Indy 500 and, and this guy Miller, and they're in conversation with one another. World events certainly are, are drumming up uh, over in Europe that uh, we can see that uh, Uncle Adolf Hitler is uh, getting a little frisky, and uh, they realize that, you know, we're going to have to have uh, mechanized, motorized, armed, armored vehicles. And uh, Preston Tucker starts to develop this thing called the Tucker Armored Car, which was... Well, who are they going to develop it for, Dad? Well, initially, <laughs> yeah, he initially was uh, under under a contract with the, uh, with the Dutch government. So we're uh, in the middle 1930s. Uh, the Dutch government is uh, very much interested in the development of this Tucker Armored Car, but before he could actually deliver uh, what he was contracted for. Uh, Uncle a recurring Adolf, motif throughout yeah. his life, unfortunately. <laughs> Uncle Adolf uh, invaded uh, the Netherlands, and uh, that was the end of that. So, I mean, uh, you now have a, a country that was overrun by the, by the Nazis. But this Tucker armored car um, was... It wasn't. It, it was an armored car, but some people with federal. Well, it was also called, also known as the Tucker Tiger Tank. Now there was a Tiger Tank a little later on in the Second World War, but this wasn't it. This was. It was a light, a much lighter vehicle, but it had this ball turret mounted on the top of it. Now the ball turret 
is just big, this big globe, this big fishbowl kind of a thing that had uh, um, bullet-resistant uh, glass, but it was uh, with an anti-aircraft gun mounted into it. But the thing about it was that it was, although it was relatively heavy, uh, it had huge power and could go in excess of 100 miles an hour. So the idea was that if uh, enemy planes are flying overhead, you could fire through the ball turret mounted on the roof of this vehicle, shoot shoot at the enemy planes, but then go in pursuit. And you can drive, you know, across country in pursuit and well, still on, keep on. firing on it rather than, a, <laughs> rather than a stationary anti-aircraft gun. Now it, was you've got too, a, it was literally too fast. Yeah, <laughs> got some questions then, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> How fast does something on land have to be to what, what mile would you say it has to be capable of hitting per hour to then be effective in that use? Well, that was that was the uh, that was the big tripping point that. Uh, all right. Now that the Dutch government is overrun. Uh, the Netherlands is overrun by the Nazis. He's going to take this idea, this armored car, um, this Tucker Tiger tank. He built a Batmobile. <laughs> this thing looks like this is a Batmobile meets Ecto-1 if their job was to kill xenomorphs. It's, the, it's incredible. Okay. I cannot squeeze any more 80s references in there. That's it's, it. it. It's Honestly, yeah. It's, a, it's truly incredible. Whether or not it survived, I don't know. I've lit I've tried looking for this car. Don't know where it is. Yeah, I, there there's there's a, the movie version that they built, but there was a there was cool a prototype uh, made. There there was a vehicle that did exist that was the uh, the tuckered armor car, complete with the ball turret and everything else. Um, what happened to it? Nobody really knows. It's one of those uh, histories mysteries kind of a thing. I would not be I would not be surprised if Tucker just reused parts. Well, right? I'm I'm sure because you're not going to waste anything. But um, now that time. the Dutch government is not interested because they just got overrun by the by the Germans he takes it to the US army and the US army and their brilliance decides oh that that that's too fast. <laughs> we we can't have a vehicle that goes that fast. Uh, that would make way too much sense that you could go into hot pursuit of some of these enemy aircraft and keep guns blazing while you're while you're driving. So the army poo-poo's it, but the ball turret that was mounted on the roof of this vehicle. Well, they are interested in that part, and as it turns out, they ended up mounting them on the bellies of uh, B-17s and some B-29s, airplanes. Tucker uh, turret. And yeah, mm -hmm. the, 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 the Tucker turret does um, see some uh, some action in the Second World War, some use in the Second World War. And I think the Navy also uh, had some mounted on the ships. And uh, I know I have uh, Uncle Dan, uh, Here we go. My mother's brother who served uh, in the 8th Army during the uh, the Air Force uh, during the Second World War, and Uncle Dan was in the belly of uh, a ball turret for for a while on a, on a B-17. And as I recall, there's a great story about him being turned away um, down a Jersey Shore boardwalk <laughs> for winning too many prizes at the uh, Shoot the Star Out game. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah, he was fresh out of B-17. He was just fresh out school. of machine, gunnery school. and. Uh, I don't know. I guess he was home on leave or something, and the 
one, the family story times. goes that he was down on the boardwalk and you know, that that arcade game where there's the star there and you pick up the gun and you got to shoot a circle around the star in order to win the prize. Yeah. Well, Uncle Dan was paid to go away from the stand because <laughs> <laughs> go away, kid. He was doing too good. Yeah, he was doing too good. We really respect that. what you're doing for our country, but we are yeah, out of teddy we'll bears, away. sir. <laughs> yeah. So that um, – that part of it comes in there. So that's only a tiny part of the movie then is what you're telling me. Yes. Yeah, it's a very like the, it's literally only mentioned in the first five minutes. And that's then that's part it. Of his legacy here then, too. Because I mean, obviously what happens next, you, we all know in the room and people who are familiar with his story know what yeah. happens next. But um, but Tucker Turret is like a big freaking deal that not many people really know about. Like, oh, totally. I mean. It's such an essential part of the war effort that it's like, whoa. And most people forget about it because it is overshadowed by what is to come. What happens after the yeah. war. Yeah, but unfortunately, um, he develops this thing before the war, has patents on it and everything else. But then once the uh, war comes to America, the Second World War comes to America, um, the government um, in their um, war effort drive is saying all these patents were um, wiped clean. Anybody had free access to that. And so he never received a dime for his uh, his patents on, on the Tucker Baltar. Here's wow. a sad thing. That was really one of the first instances where the United States government is screwing Mr. Uh, I Mr. I had no Tucker idea over. of that. That's yeah, yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, that was not just specific to Preston Tucker, by the way. That was to people. It's not just his patents that got. Oh, the automotive industry was essentially hijacked, seized, right? Yeah, it was taken over. Um, absolutely, Chrysler <laughs> was building tanks, and like there was like automakers auto were making things for the war. It was a complete national war effort that Chrysler was making tanks. Um, um, Ford. Ford was making airplane engines yes. for uh, for the air air aircraft industry and dodge uh, it was, was just all over the place um a dodge was used for um the um, uh, a, a couple of things actually i think there was even a dodge that was being used by, for the poncho v expedition so this is nothing new unfortunately but the idea so we're kind of funny this way you talk about nationalizing assets yeah the same thing that we would go into other countries for we're like nah -uh, no way are you doing this commie bullshit and we're like oh, also we did this already hey hank uh we're gonna have a handshake agreement hank hank ford um come on over here real quick can you hello can you i'm the government you can trust me yeah, yeah. um uh, right. hey i'm a roosevelt i don't know if you remember what uh you know my nephew teddy did to i'm sorry my uncle teddy did to, to uh, say JP Morgan and all those other boys, but we're going to bend you over backwards and you're going to, you know, there is something, you're going to do. There is something that I did want to cement at this point because it is, uh, it's very worth noting that even though we're talking about how the, the American government sees the auto industry, this seizure is what would then cr give Tucker the drive to even create the car in the first place. Because during this time, good point, there were no new cars. Right. They were slapping. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Because when the war broke out. New price tags on old models. Right. Yep. It, they were, all the all the car manufacturers were in the process of developing the 1942 model year. I mean, the war started in, in 41. So they were already in development of the of the 42. And back then, every year, you would have the new latest model coming out. It wasn't like you would have the same old, same old year after year, like it might be considered today that, yeah. uh, you know, the the uh, 
the 2019 is going to look a whole lot like the 2018 and the 2020 is really not much different. Maybe there's some styling changes, but Minor back then it was huge uh, every it's like year. Putting out a new Madden latest. every year on Xbox. Just yeah. like, oh, it's got this year's roster though. <clears throat> yeah. So now once the government takes over the industry, um, all of those 1942 um, moles or, or processes were put out onto the back lot, back lot. So let's clear out the factory floor of anything going to be making a 1942 Ford or Chrysler or whatever the case might be, or a General Motors vehicle, um, and you know put in whatever we need to make, whether it's airplane. Uh, airplanes, uh, airplane engines, whether it's uh, tanks or whatever the case might be. So all of that stuff was back out in the, in the back lot someplace and put on hold. Meanwhile, they're fighting the war and thankfully we, we win the war. But, you know, Preston Tucker through that whole time from the late 30s up until the end of the Second World War realizes that there's going to be a huge pent up um, desire to buy a new vehicle. And um, you know he sees his he sees his opportunity um, to come to yes. come at it. I mean, now here's how interesting he is too. By the way, we're jumping over his first corporation entirely. We're not going to totally skip, but we're just going to mention that he did get into aviation side of the house. Yes, yes. But we're getting into, and I'm looking at the time too. Wait, on this what's, episode. what aviation part are you talking about? Because I know later in the game when he buys Franklin. Well, his first um, corporation was actually uh, – let's see if I have it right here. Um, again, he does get embroiled in the lawsuits with the government for years afterwards due to his royalty rights. But he will not be denied. He moves on to the next project, which was the Tucker Aviation Corporation. That becomes his next uh, gig over here. Mm -hmm. Now, he again proves to be a very great salesman here but is also suffering from some financial problems, which again is a recurring motif for him unfortunately. Yeah. While he is pioneering great marvels for the military industrial complex, he's unable to turn great profits. This will lead to his next move. Again, this is why I look – really, he's an admirable guy. He will not be held down. He moves on to the next thing, which is his second corporation, which is the one that I think you are a subject matter expert on, Cahoons, and that is the Tucker Corporation, mm -hmm. which I believe is what he's going to, under the auspices of that, is what we come out with the Tucker infamous. 48. You mean the Tucker Torpedo, Kahuna? Well, that's where it gets <laughs> weird. So Tucker hires a guy by the name of I think it's Christian Cordez. Yeah, Christian. He hires Christian Cordez to design the initial concept for the Tucker, which at the time is called the the Tucker Torpedo. Right. Then they put that design in a in science. Magazine or something related to that. Yeah, it's PR machines. Yeah, great. Science Illustrated. There we go. And then, boom! Everybody hears about this car. Everybody knows who Tucker is, and they want this car. Well, yeah, the, and, and again, why would you call it a torpedo, too? By the way, just either one of you. Tell, just it looked tell the like audience. a rocket. Well, yeah, it was, it was pointed. It was pointed towards the front. It was aerodynamic, which is a like a brand new term back in the day that. You know, we're 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 designing vehicles that are going to be able to slip through that airstream, and everybody's got this pent up emotion. Hey, we won the freaking war! Hooray for us! Now let's move on with our lives. Let's put the, let's put the we war use behind this technology us. to kill something. Now, how do we fuck it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know, um, you know, during the war, I mean, people. 
you had meat ration stamps, you had gasoline ration. You, even if you had a car, you probably were not able, it was an older model because they weren't making anything new from 42 on through the war years up to 45. Um, so now the war is over. Um, the big three, they're not really developing anything new. What they're going to do is go out to the back lot and bring the 1942 stuff into production now, finally, now that the war is over. Yeah. But, you know, people want the new car, the newest, the greatest, the latest. If they don't know what the big three on, is, though, Dad, they've tell, been, tell the listeners. Well, the big three is Ford. Ford. GM, Christ, GM and Kevin and, Garnett. That's <laughs> Dodge. Dodge, yeah. I would say, is the third, right? Uh, uh, Chrysler. 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 Really? The Dodge boys are even on the outside there. Sons of bitches. Yeah, I think they were, they were done by that point. But, um, you know, and, and people want, I mean, you've got all these returning GIs coming home. There's a huge housing shortage. You couldn't, you still couldn't get you. I mean, housing shortage. you got all these returning GIs. They're wanting to get married to start a family and everything else, put the war behind them. People are converting, you know, some shack or some garage to, to anything that would resemble uh, living quarters type of a thing. They want to buy. They want to buy. They want to buy. All the car dealers that have already set up. There are some unscrupulous guys that you know. Good word. As soon as, ah. as soon as, as soon as you know, production catches up, we'll be able to sell you this. But you know, if you give me a couple of hundred bucks, maybe I can put you on the on the top of the list for when those cars finally arrive. Yeah. Um, so. You know, people were clamoring for this, that the war is over. Let's move on. Happy days are here again. Um, uh, let's uh, we, we no longer have the gas ration stamps to worry about, the meat ration stamps. I mean, uh, well, let's go for it. I mean, this is this is the going into the late 40s, going into the 50s. I mean, things are booming. Big things time. are booming big time. And Tucker is the only guy that is uh, – um, coming out with anything that's new. Everybody else is coming out with what would have been new for 42. New for 42, right. So This is why I keep screwing up the year of the vehicle, okay? Give me a little leeway on yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this, it, it is confusing. And this thing has been in development, at least in Tucker's mind, back from the days when he was racing in Indianapolis Speedway with yeah. Miller. So, uh, but that, that also comes to bite him later. <laughs> yeah, and, and <laughs> there was a lot of things that they were putting into – uh, into practical uh, application, if you will, that was really just talked about yeah. uh, previous to this. Like the, t the Tucker Torpedo car itself was a pretty far out there version of what the car would later become. Like t Tucker knew that it was the design, like the concept car. Right. But it wasn't going to be the production vehicle. So he... He and the actual guy, George Lawson, parted ways because after two years, they couldn't come up with like a design that would actually work. And then he hired a guy named uh, Alex Tremulus in 1946 to – shape the design who again was a right a world world uh, renowned world class yeah world class auto designer Duesenberg's yeah. Duesenberg cars which are hang on Duesenberg that's up there with Studebaker we got some good names <laughs> okay that's pretty <laughs> good Deutschland yeah yeah um, and he streamlined the design for what would become the production car for Tuckers in six days in six days. Six days. And uh, this was also when the, the Cyclops headlight became practical. 
All right. Yeah, well, that was, Kahuna's that was, playing games with us right now. Yeah. You see how he just baited us into this? I know. <laughs> I learned from the masters. Yeah, there was uh, a <laughs> – Go for it. Part of uh, – I mean, everybody could recognize the Tucker because it had not one, not two, but three – count them – three headlights. And that third headlight was in the center and they called it the Cyclops headlight. And if you started to make a turn – that third headlight, that center headlight, would actually turn in the direction that you would turn in the wheel. So it you give you better better view of what's coming around the corner as you're trying to make the turn. And what was interesting on that, back in back at that time when that thing was first like introduced or launched, there was something like twenty seven different states that outlawed third headlights. On the books, you couldn't have more than two headlights. And Tucker just said, well, you know, you also what? can't have one, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you can't have just one. And he never it was never his intention to have just the one. But uh, one of the one of the accessories, if you will, is that you could order up your your Tucker to have a uh, like a, a shade that goes over the top of that third headlight to make it street legal in the state. Now we're talking. And that you might be uh, buying this from, you know. That, so Kahuna uh, just pulled up a picture of it too, Dad. And the torpedo thing, you understand why. And another big uh, thing about this whole vehicle too is that he wanted a modern looking car that was big on safety. All of a sudden, safety is getting spoken about. There's so many people I know that have these old stories about like seatbelts. Uh, yes. My father used to drink beer and smoke. I'm, I'm quoting Ted Daniels, my friend Ted. Because <laughs> my father used to uh, drink beer and uh, make me light his cigarettes while he drove me around with no seatbelts. And now safety's entering the market here. So that's kind of a, a new thing as well. Um, and they're tapping into that. His public relations people were really great, as we can tell. The idea that there's a buzz behind a car that doesn't truly exist. Is pretty remarkable, if that right. makes any sense. It's, well, it's, the- it's a concept car at this point, and that whole Tucker Torpedo, um, that was its initial name that they put on this. But then later on, they decided that, well, maybe the Torpedo will hearken too many memories back to the Second World War, and let's get rid of that um, that torpedo name and let's just call it the uh, the Tucker 48 because we're hoping to release this thing by 1948. So the initial the, the initial World concept car, connotation. Yeah, they got the big play in all the media with a uh, Science Illustrated or whatever it was, which was the one. I mean, it, it was a media sensation. Everybody would look at this thing. This is so cool. It's sleek. It's streamlined. And... Um, one of the one of the critics, if you will, um, said, "You know what? That car is so bad looking that it, it looks like it's going ninety miles an hour when it's standing still." I mean, it was just had the lines of the car was. I don't know about you, but I take that as a compliment. Yeah, it was, was absolutely a, a compliment. That's amazing. It was absolutely a compliment, and for a car back then, it also the looks 40s, like the Batmobile. Let's focus. <laughs> okay, all right, we're back on this. Yeah. It, you know, tr- truth be told, in an alternate reality, like, these would have been, like, utility vehicles. I would have seen cops using these cars because they're that easy to maintain. Like- yeah, it had a cruising speed of, like, 90 miles an hour, which was unheard of uh, back in the back in the 40s, that uh, you have a car that was capable of going 90 miles an hour. You were uh- – that was that was a very special um, well, it, vehicle. There's a yeah. similar look to it, and again, it's a, this is a safety-minded vehicle. This is not a uh, a war-going machine here, if you will. But I did want to mention one thing earlier. Um, Tucker seems to have this problem with um, 
And, and really, it comes from him being naive. And I think he thought that things were going to work out. He didn't understand how brutal businessmen could be and how cutthroat businessmen could be. Yeah. So there's definitely part of this where he's he's truly a victim. Um, and he was uh, – uh, what was one of the quotes too? They're going to bring him in his court case that comes up in a second. Um he was like a deer in headlights or a babe in the woods in terms of how the brutality of the automotive industry worked. I mean, Henry Ford had to go through some shit to even be able to make the uh, Model T. Um, one thing I did want to mention, though, is that that failed project of the uh, uh, the, the Tucker tank, if you will, that Tucker turret, they had a, a place figured out. So it was designed uh, while he was still living in Michigan, <laughs> but it was set up to be made. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, there were no and as we said you can't find this anywhere kahuna but if you were ever going to find it it would have been where they were trying to make it Raleigh, yeah. new jersey what are mm -hmm. you serious yes yeah, no connection. shit yeah, yes good shit. old spank town folks so. <laughs> they were trying to make the tucker armored car in Rahway. that was the original plan for it because again the, it, the it, prototype yeah the prototype <laughs> was manufactured and then the, the production was going to happen in in Rahway, new jersey oh yep. my god center of the universe <laughs> freaking center of the universe oh my god yeah i'm sorry i'm glad you picked up on that one kevin i forgot we to almost mention passed it earlier, over that yeah. one yeah yeah well because uh, i'll tell you what we'll, we'll we'll be honest with the audience here too um ming's very very good to us about time and stuff like that so we're gonna we're going to continue this story along to finish up. Kahuna's got somewhere to be. Kahuna's, you, you No, call. we're going to keep going with this. We're going. <laughs> I, I have to. That show starts at six. I can be there. We're, we're, we're close. Gonna be all right. We're going to be all right. <laughs> all right. Ming, uh, I hope you're listening. You're editing this. And I didn't do I'm this. I'm editing this, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> but, all right. Uh, so he's, he launches this concept car. He yep. puts it into some of the... Uh, science magazines of the time uh, you know think, think of popular mechanics or um science illustrated or whatever it's a big hit i mean people are just going Nutty. crazy over this i want to buy it i want to buy it you know without actually seeing it just reading about it in the magazine you teacher at heart look what you're doing to him right you, now i'm sorry i'm <laughs> sorry no um, it's okay big kid in the back i just want to i want to <laughs> add to what you're saying about the car's popularity so they actually took the car on tour the yeah. the first prototype which they which was nicknamed the tin goose because uh <laughs> that car had a couple of problems with it uh it talking 48 it, uh the the first tucker 48 didn't have reverse it yeah. was loud as hell because they were still developing the motor and the radiator would boil over. Well, I don't think Preston had reverse either. He's like, no, keep moving forward. New project, <laughs> keep, keep new going, project. Keep what do you going. Got? But, yeah. uh, but it still showcased the car. Like it had problems for sure, but it was the prototype. It was the prototype. And again, that was just something that was actually it was hand built because the thing was hammered out out of steel. And, uh, you know, he was trying to launch this thing and get it off uh, off the drawing board, if you will, and put it into a, a 3D uh, live into a uh, real thing. model thing. But yeah, he they, there was a number of different issues with that first one. And the Tin Goose, which was a nickname, the Tin Goose, was uh, actually uh, comes from Howard Hughes. It comes off a, a hat tip to uh, Howard Hughes, who, spruce goose. who brewed the spruce goose, which spruce goose, which was the world's largest wooden airplane. Yeah, um, and that also had some some difficulties too. But uh, uh, the tin goose is unveiled. People are going absolutely crazy for it. 
everything you're saying is exactly right oh, on. It's a sharp it was, looking vehicle. It was very loud. Yeah. The Tucker had the band play extra loud to try to drown out some of the noise that <laughs> the motor was making. Told play all night. <laughs> this, this was the first vehicle that had four-wheel independent suspension, and there was some problems with the suspension that, that they had to change that out, like quick fix night before kind of a thing. At least with this prototype. All, that's the thing, though, is that the prototype had problems. The cars after this didn't. I heard that, too. That was fucking weird. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no. The, the, the prototype, kind of a hot mess. But the world didn't know that. But the cars themselves were great. They slid in a couple other interesting things here, too. Again, I keep referencing just how good his public relations people are. Because Preston's a great salesman. But there's no way... I mean, it, it does come out like we said here, too. You guys know where this is all heading. Um, yeah, yeah. There's grand juries are about to get involved and shit like that. But um, the big key here is that there's a couple of lines that they slide in on this. And uh, one of them is uh, 15 years of testing has helped develop the car of the year. So did it actually win car of the year in any capacity? No. No. But it, it was the uncrowned champion, if you will. Yep. Yeah, people were hype. It, it might as well have been, and but what it wasn't else officially. He, what else did he slide in there, Cahoon? That's how fifteen years of 15 testing. Fifteen years of testing, and this was because imaginary oh, testing. Right. And Tucker just in goes, his mind. Yeah, yeah, I had an idea for this like fifteen years ago. I've been thinking about it ever since. We're finally doing it, and they're like, "So you're telling me this has been in development for fifteen years?" <laughs> I listen. I know that that was later filed away as evidence when the SEC came knocking, <laughs> but like. What a promotion. <laughs> yeah, well, he's he's got a huge uh, pent-up um, desire to buy this vehicle. He's taken it around the country and showcasing it here, there, and everywhere. They said when he brought it into New York City to showcase <laughs> the original Grey Goose. I know this. Right? It, it outsold that, Broadway. <laughs> it, it was outselling no Broadway shit. tickets. Yeah, I mean, people were lining up just to just look at the prototype. Don't tell Cat Smith. I'm uh... <laughs> Don't tell her that Hamilton lost to a car. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah. So, so obviously he's got a buying public that it's just itching to, uh, to, to come up with this. And he wants to go into production, but that's going to take some money. So what's he going to do? He's going to start to try to raise some bucks. And he starts that by uh, – selling shares of stock in, in this uh, Tucker Corporation to try to raise some bucks. Um, he wants to rent out some um, production space, um, namely one of the biggest that, that he comes up with is this huge facility that uh, during the war was used uh, in the war effort. Uh, it was like a 475-acre facility that was cranking out airplanes, I believe, during the war. Uh, now the war is over, and there's a government agency that is now leasing out these these spaces. The CIA. I'm sorry. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so he puts in a bit. There's there's right from the right from the get go, various. And assorted government agencies are um, putting up roadblocks, if you will, for him to actually go ahead with production. One of the things that they say, well, you will will put out bids, and then none of the bids are accepted. 
And then they put out bids again for the second time, and it's awarded to you know it was like insider, inside trading deals going. on I was going to say uh, Martha Stewart's just smoking a cigarette right now, hearing this going. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, he finally is able to uh, lease out this huge facility. They start to crank out some of the things, um, some of the some of the ideas that he's looking to raise capital um, because that was part of the deal that um, he needed to raise. Like I don't know, I think it was fifteen fifteen million dollars. And back in then, back then money. yeah, that was and back then money was. Uh, uh, a sizable chunk of change, no doubt. So he sells shares of stock in the Tucker Corporation. Um, again, there's this whole pent up kind of a thing that, um, and there's a lot of unscrupulous car dealers, other cars, other manufacturers who are taking kickback payolas um, for putting people on the list in order to just get on a list to be able to buy a car kind of a thing. That's how. Yeah. Uh, the buying public was really looking for being able to purchase a new vehicle. It's now considered Tucker, like one of the first like public IPOs. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, like, oh, like here, you can buy in the company early. Like just they, to- yeah, You get emails floor, about this now. So-and-so is going public. He's yeah. selling uh, franchises. He's selling dealerships that- uh, again, we don't have a production of the vehicle just yet, um, but, uh, but people are already signing up to buy a franchise, to buy a dealership in order to be able to be a Tucker dealer uh, once this thing goes into full production. One of the one of the things that he comes up with, too, that it enables him to raise, I think it was two or three million dollars, is that, OK, you want to buy a Tucker. There's a lot of people on the list that want to buy a Tucker now. We don't have the car available just yet, but we can sell you some of the accessories. And depending on how much or how many different accessories you buy, we'll put you on a higher uh, pecking order, higher list of when the car becomes available as yeah. to who it's going to be sold to. Some of those accessories were like a radio. There was a luggage. This Tucker 48, this was a rear drive vehicle. Um, this was a rear engine vehicle. The front of the thing was just a big, huge trunk, and he had custom leather uh, luggage that um, would fit within that the front bonnet. within that front compartment. And, and it was also uh, a radio was an accessory. So it was a number of different accessories, including this. Preston uh, Tucker luggage that would fit into the Tucker 48 very nicely, very, uh, very neatly. Um, so depending on how much of that stuff you purchased would put you on a higher uh, wait list, if you will, for the vehicles to be to be produced. Without a doubt. I mean, it was a good idea, but that's that was uh, that was kind of what got him in trouble at the yeah. time. A little bit of a sus uh, move. I would even. Uh, use the term gray area. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. it's not illegal, but it might very well be immoral. And, <laughs> and at the same time, it's, it's so many different ideas that this guy was coming up with that the whole rear mounted engine, one of the neat things about that, and he would exp you know, explain this to the dealership, that once you become a Tucker dealer, if somebody brings their vehicle in for service, <laughs> yep. you don't have to service that engine you just lift it up and we can we can drop that engine out of the rear end of the Tucker 48 
in about a half hour and we'll just swap out a brand new engine into that. So it's kind of like a loner engine and you just I, continue on your way. But here's the here's what's so dope about this is I know this too. Six bolts. It only took six bolts to take six that motor bolts. out in the drivetrain in a half hour. And what's crazy about that is that that's also what that Elon Musk again? in a half hour. Six bolts. Oh boy. Even yeah. I could do that. <laughs> right. So what was wild about that to me is that like now that's also implemented. The Teslas are doing that with these car with cars now. Like you well, can swap Nick out the batteries. That, yeah, electric vehicles are getting very interesting because there's tiny, tiny differences, but they're all essentially the same tech. Mm -hmm. So it's gonna be um like he he jokes that his mechanical abilities are about to just disappear because you're not gonna have um combustion engines anymore yeah but what tucker was doing well again keep in mind the time here folks we're talking post-world war ii all right your, your grandparents were alive if you're like, around my age or something like, and this guy's figuring this stuff out so there's something i do want to lay the some sort of foundation for because it helps during the trial because it actually sets up why this happened in the first place so tucker while he was developing the motor for the for the car was having real trouble developing that initial run. A thing, a big thing that I've come to realize now is that Tucker really didn't understand the the. I'm blanking on how to properly phrase it, but like long term development. Like there could be a version one of the Tucker. Are you 48. talking about my comedy career right now? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but like he didn't understand that. Like yeah, the 48 may not have all these features, but the 49 could have that and some, and then furthering down that down the line, and he didn't really have an understanding of that. So Future he tried to, yeah, yeah, he tried, he to, tried to put it all, cram into it all into this one car. Right. And during that development with the, with the engine in particular, uh, Tucker realized that there was this one motor that really did work well in the Tucker. The only caveat was it was a helicopter motor. Yeah. Uh, so he bought, <laughs> yeah. so him and a friend who he met during the days of racing, a, a guy named Eddie Offit, Eddie and Tucker's son converted the engine from air cooled to water cooled and made it it made it accessible for the car and they put it in the Tucker. So now when you do, if you ever have the pleasure of seeing or hearing a Tucker, it sounds like a fucking helicopter when it starts up. So, uh, which is why it was loud, and which, which is why, why it was loud as fuck. But Tucker bought that company, a helicopter company that made up 65% of us, uh, helicopter engine production, and also aviation engine production. All of a sudden, we start to realize why the government was paying a little extra closer attention to old Preston Tucker. Yeah. So oh, I yeah. just, that was like, that was a little important. I was like, that needs to be said. So yeah, Tucker canceled all those contracts and then they were like, whoa, what the hell? Yeah. And of course, so this is at the end of the, uh, um, at the end of the second world war. So you talk about, um, products being not available that's kind of the thing that we're going that we're going through right now as a country that you know you can't buy an appliance because there's just nothing available you can't go out and, and retool and start creating um, new engines for this so what are you going to do you're going to take stuff that you know already works and convert it to an, another purpose. So if you got a helicopter engine, it's going to work in this new Tucker 48. Let's go for it. Um, that was uh, a common practice, not just with the Tuckers, but with, throughout the industry that, you know, 
just because you're coming out with a new uh, model year doesn't mean that everything within that vehicle is all brand new and spanky, shiny, clean. It, it might have been something that was taken from years previous production and just tweaked or, or uh, you know, put a little different Again, color it's like on an it. Xbox game for sports. They just update um, a little tiny thing and then charge you the full price for it. Yeah. All right, so he's trying to raise money and he's doing it by selling dealerships, by selling uh, stock, by selling accessories to cars capital, that baby. don't exist yet. And um, the government comes knocking. The government comes knocking on the door and um, the SEC, the Security Exchange Commission comes knocking on the door. Actually, they call in Tucker's lawyer's um, calls them into Chicago and said, hey, we want your books. Um, we want to go over your books to see what's going on here with, with these things. So they're they're not making accusations just yet, but they want to look at the books. And it's like, there's no way that they yes, want to- getting audited. Yeah, you're, you're getting audited. But what they want to do, what the SEC wants to do is to take all of his books out of the production facility so that they can audit the books in their home office. Well, how the heck are you going to continue to run your business if all your financials, finances and everything else are out of the office? You're, you're really just putting the padlock on the door kind of a thing. You're stopping production. Uh, Meanwhile, you got hundreds of people that are already working on this thing, trying to bring this thing up into, into full people. productions. 1,900 yeah. people were employed by the time the, F the SEC came knocking. When you hear red tape, this is what they mean. Yeah. This is absolutely what they mean. So, yep. 1,900 people now have their livelihoods uh, thrown up in the air a little bit. Yeah. Preston Tucker's reputation takes an absolute hit to the point where, had it not been for a couple of people keeping his memory alive and continuing to do so, this really would have been, um, I mean, it was effectively the end of his professional career. Um he kept, uh, he, I mean, obviously, keep going, Dad. Uh, he, yeah, well, at this particular point, it was only 50 cars were produced at this particular point, one of which was the, the original prototype. The, uh, the tin goose. The, the tin goose. Um, so, oh, or the gray goose. It had two different nicknames, but the tin goose was uh, already. But so there's only 50 vehicles. So they, they're struggling. They're trying to come up with all these all these different things that the government keeps putting in their way. Um, and... Um, they're called into an accounting and supposedly the SEC said that, uh, um, well, we'll just keep this between us. It was supposed to be a, uh, a secret kind of a thing, but that secret <laughs> was leaked. He's smiling when he says it, folks. <laughs> yeah. It was like, you know, I'm from, I'm here from the government and I'm, I'm, I'm here to help you. Right. Well, um, grab a hold of whatever is uh, whatever's uh, dear to you because if that's the case uh, you're in for a bumpy ride here um, one of the uh, Cahoons has something actually supposedly this was supposed to be a secret or a, a quiet audit but then the SEC leaked the information but then SEC the government leaked this to one of the most noteworthy um correspondence journalists of the time. The guy had a radio show and everything else. And, and just claimed Tucker <laughs> fraud because he was given a 600-page report on, from, the, the, from the SEC. Right. And they were they were told you can't tell you can't say where you got it from, but what you do say from it, we will back you. Yeah, the the, the columnist was Drew Pearson. And Drew Pearson was Big time. I mean, during my 
earlier generation, you know, you know of Walter Cronkite as being one of the most uh, noteworthy columnists kind of a thing. Well, Drew Pearson of that era, he was a big timer. He was a, uh, a shaker um, in a lot of the different political circles and everything else. Uh, an influencer, one might say. Uh, influencer, big time. That uh, He was a policy policy changer, policy maker. Uh, he didn't always get the story just right, though. Uh, so sometimes you know, it was questionable as to whether he got all the facts. Well, this 600-page report that was written up by um, uh, the SEC was just happened to be left lying around in a hotel room or something for Drew Pearson to peruse. And then he puts out this <laughs> he puts out this column um, saying that um, the SEC has uh, got un- unequivocal proof that um, Tucker is uh, a flim flam artist, that he's trying to uh, fleece the American public and Tucker stock dropped the next day it was at five dollars a share the next day it was like a two dollars a share it took a he got canceled a a freaking nosedive yeah yeah we pretend like that's a new thing that's happening he really did just get canceled he got canceled because public circle assassination that just went down yep yep it was uh it was a bit of a mess and then finally, the SEC does bring up charges against the uh, Tucker Corporation. They bring him to trial, um, and it's a long, drawn-out affair. Meanwhile, back home at the at the Tucker plant, things come to a screech and halt. I mean, people are are um, leaving in droves, and they they, they no <laughs> longer the guy screaming from The Simpsons ah! <laughs> out the window. You're, you're not wrong. Enron yeah. shit going on. But here's what's wild, just because I wanted to add on to that. Tucker, even despite through all of this, was a pretty great guy to work for. So much so that 300 people came back to finish the run of cars. They had only built about 37, and 300 people came back to finish that run to make it 50. <laughs> yeah. no, seriously, because there was a- There, there was, was still a, stuff on the line that wasn't, oh, that was only wasn't partially done. finished. But it was also to also keep the plant. Like they only they had to make a certain amount of cars by this amount of by this time. And so they came to a, do that thinking, oh, we won't lose the plant if we do that. And they did that and they still unfortunately lost the still plant. lost the plant. Yeah. So now by June of 49, Tucker and seven of his associates, basically the board of directors, uh, were indicted by the in the federal court. And they were charged with multiple counts of mail fraud, conspiracy, and SEC violations. Um, but this whole thing drags on and on and on with the jury selection and everything else. And there was a mistrial, so they had to go back and start all over again with the with the jury selection. So meanwhile, um, Tucker is trying to scramble to try to save this this whole corporation. But you know, the, the government is doing everything in its power to make sure that. That doesn't happen. That he's going to be he's going to be dropped. Uh, he's going to be shit canned. He's going to be canceled. There's a crazy part of that story is because they're all the the Tucker Corporation is also filing for bankruptcy at the same time. So while Not one the best look, yeah, let's be no, clear. Li- literally while Tucker is on trial in one wing of the building, literally the same building where he's on trial in the other wing, his company's being liquidated. Ugh. In Chicago, yeah, 
That's true. In, in the courthouse, one end of the courthouse, he's on trial. And the other end of the courthouse, they're trying to uh, sell off, shutter, shutter the shutter. The, Hi, shutter I'm here for the, uh, the Tucker facility. court hearings. Which one? Uh, Brighter oh. groom. Which side would you like to sit on? <laughs> Holy good God. Yeah, yeah. You didn't know that? No, I did not. Know it. So I, I really enjoy what we're doing here, too, because it gives me a chance to ask questions the same way that uh, for the last couple of years we, we've I've either asked my father a question and he researched it to be, you know, uh, uh, well spoken on the show about it or when we get something generic going in the room with you, because uh, this guy fits the motif. Yeah, he for sure fits the motif here. Um, we got to wrap up because we got to get Kahuna to the next show that he's doing. Yeah. Um, so, but Ming's starting it for me. So I'm. I, if I run and there's in the middle of it, it's okay. It's twice he said, "Fuck you, Ming." <laughs> <laughs> I've really? been waiting on this freaking episode. Oh, anyway, it's, it's a damn good one too. What else do we need to tell people? Because I, I know how his story unfortunately ends. Yeah. And let's be clear. He um, will eventually succumb to lung cancer and passes yeah. away. Um, and uh, the legacy is interesting about him because it's being rekindled because there's a lot of admirers. So. You talked about Tesla earlier, Dad, and I made a, a Elon Musk joke, and then Kahuna even referenced Elon Musk. Who's doing more to keep lose reception Nikola Tesla alive than Elon Musk having possibly one of the most famous companies on the entire planet named after the guy? So people are doing the same thing here for Tucker uh, to try to rekindle his legacy. Is there anything else on his way down though that we got to yeah. cover? Okay. So the trial lasts about four or five months. Uh, yeah, roughly long, long time, but uh, I think it was even longer than that. But um, when they when the charges are first brought against Tucker, he Tucker himself tries to strike back by putting out a full page advertisement to some of the major newspapers mm -hmm. because popular opinion. He was riding a wave of popular opinion. He's like uh, the superstar of of the ages kind of thing by releasing this new car. But once that. Um, Drew Pearson puts his uh, Once that his two cents in. Down. Yeah, that that. Uh, <laughs> well, wait a minute, maybe if this if this guy Pearson is saying that he's no good, he's maybe like Kanye he's when not. he announced he wants to run for president. And uh, <laughs> uh, Tucker says that there's political pressure on these investigations, and uh, had the um, could be traced back to one influential individual within the government. Uh, people kind of figured out who that was. There was a uh, a senator, Homer Ferguson, a Michigan Republican, who was sometimes called the one-man grand jury for his uh, holier-than-now crime-busting activities. Fer Ferguson was also known in some circles as the uh, senator for from Detroit for his fierce protectiveness of the city's established automakers. So, you know, people are realizing, hey, this young upstart wants to start his own automotive business. Mm -hmm. And the big three, Ford, Chrysler, and GM, are not going to let that shit happen. And so, you know, I'm sure there was uh, some political uh, influence, if you will, as to who the SEC is going to go after and some of these other um, government agencies that are going to now try to shut down the business and take away the leases to buildings that uh, they uh, leased from the from the government post war. Has the automotive industry and the government ever clashed before? <clears throat> no, or, no, no. Or maybe helped one another out oh, or no, not committed at all, some sort JP. of a... <laughs> not at all. Oh, and by the way, during this trial, it's basically proven that everything that Tucker was doing was entirely truthful. Like he really was trying to build these cars. Yes, he was a little overzealous with some of the ideas, 
but he was in fact doing it. They were full force making the cars, planning the luggage packages. All that shit that he had offered was real, tangibly seen, and he won. Yeah, to the trial. I, I got to throw this in, Kev. It's, <laughs> it's just bonkers. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the trial, they finally uh, get the jury going here. And, and, and um, you know, the prosecuting attorneys, there's a whole flock of prosecuting attorneys, just as there's a whole flock of defense attorneys. Because, again, it wasn't just against Tucker and the corporation. It was seven other guys that were uh, on the block, if you will, for this. But... Um, the prosecuting attorneys call, I think it was 73 or 76 different witnesses testifying against Tucker. And each and every one of them was proven to be, you, you have no case. There's nothing, there's no, there was no wrongdoing going on here. Yeah. So, but this is dragging on for weeks and months. And then finally. We just call them racist nowadays and we just <laughs> let the blogs handle them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then finally, uh, the morning that the defense was going to now, it's their turn that the defense attorneys could now have an opportunity to call in uh, witnesses for the defense. They dropped this big bombshell. This uh, is nuts. One by one, the defense attorneys announced that they're not going to call a single witness. Yep. Why are they not going to call a witness? Well, it's impossible to present a defense when there has been no offense. There's no offense taken. Tucker did not commit any great grievous offense. And all of these people are just, you know, got it out for Tucker to uh, to make paint him in a bad picture. So we don't need to put up a defense because there was no offense to be to uh, to, to defend. So uh, that was a big and but that also um, kind of shot holes in the whole prosecutor's uh, case. And the leading prosecutor, this guy, Otto Kerner, K-E-R-N-E-R, Otto Kerner, um, he was another political insider, if you will, that uh, he was the um, uh, um, government um, prosecuting attorney uh, who was going after this guy. And he he was like uh, a dog without a bone. He just kept on gnawing on it, going after Tucker, going after Tucker, whatever. But the, the final closing statement for the defense, um, he says that, uh, you know, there's no offense taken so the only we have no defense because there was no offense and if any one of the um, jurors would like to um, prove to themselves that Tucker had every good intention of producing or mass producing these cars if the glove does not fit you, you must, must acquit, acquit. <laughs> yeah but uh, the defense attorney invited the jurors for a ride in one of the Tuckers that were parked outside the courthouse so. that's the best part of this okay that's <laughs> If you if you want to if you want proof that he had every intention of producing these vehicles, you there's can, some outside. You can go take a look. There's one outside. You can take a ride. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. They they were like, we can go straight to closing arguments, and that never happens. I was going to say the the whole case kind of seems uh, unprecedented. Well, because it, it's obviously they're gunning for him. Then obviously they don't have anything. But then they can't admit they don't have anything because then that looks bad. I mean, it, I know I don't. We're not a political show. 
but there's still been a lot of things in our lifetime that have not been proven that were major presidential scandals. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> Obama's from Kenya. Um, right. <laughs> Trump got peed on by Russian hookers. There's all these things that you can't prove, but everybody's like, well, we can't admit we don't know what we're talking about. And that kind of seems like what was happening to poor Preston Tucker over here. And again, keep in mind, folks, he was considered, there were people literally saying this. He was like, a, a, I mean, he was a babe in the woods in terms of understanding how vicious right. the automotive Ooh. industry could be, how vicious the gunslingers in the government were going to be in terms of just, hey, what, oh, what, can I see that real quick? Oh, thank you. How would you like this shoved up your ass? <laughs> but uh, Preston is, um, Kahuna, talk to me about his legacy here as we're landing this plane because uh, obviously he- He wins the trial. Wins the trial, but- But he dies pretty shortly after that. He, the trial yes. ends in 49 and Tucker between 49 and 56 uh, comes down with lung cancer. Yeah. Uh, he was a lifelong smoker. Although he did win the win the trial, he was acquitted of all charges. Public opinion, yeah. Uh, public opinion was still, well, you know- People, uh, people thought fraud. he was accused, but uh, he, he was wasn't proven. But it was still His that victory that was shadow, page. yeah. And uh, he was never he was, went into financial ruin over the over the trial. Um, yeah, but and, it didn't keep him down, which I really did appreciate. I learned towards the end of his life, he was still trying to make cars, but not just cars, also affordable refrigerators. Like he was still trying to invent. In a, in a way that really could. And it didn't come to fruition. He passed away in 1956. He couldn't stop. That was the whole thing. That's the whole knack. That's the nonstop. That's my joke earlier about having no reverse. Yeah. Move on to the next thing, man. That's yeah. um, the guy uh, sitting to my right right now. He has no reverse. He can't <laughs> stop moving, can't stop working on shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, I retired as Scoutmaster. I'm still going to you know keep doing Hey, I've retired as a shop teacher. Hey, I, you work more now than you did 10 years ago. <laughs> All right? Yeah, at least the... At least you got paid for this shit. Also true. <laughs> but man. Hey, a little postscript, though, I got to throw in here. Otto Kerner Jr., the guy who brought Tucker to trial, mm -hmm. uh, he was, you know, political insider, if you will. He was appointed to these various positions, um, U.S. attorney and everything else, a trial attorney. Uh, he was later elected governor of Illinois oh. and was appointed a judge on the U.S. Court of Appeals. In 1967, he chaired a presidential task force investigating race relations that became known as the Kerner Commission. And in 1974, he resigned from the bench after being convicted of mail fraud, the same charge that he tried to hang on Tucker. So there's a little comeback at you. Yo, that son of a bitch. Yeah, I didn't karma. even know that. Yeah, karma Otto, gotcha, man. Otto Kerner was also married to the daughter of uh, one of the Chicago mayors that was kind of uh, infamous. And it was his wife that got involved with some kind of shady racetrack deals, too, that uh, kind of brought him down, wow. too. That was all part of the conviction on the mail fraud. and. I thought it was poetic justice that this guy gets convicted of mail fraud, which was the same charge that he tried to hang on Tucker so many years before. A little bit of justice for a guy that I'll, I'll go ahead and say history just kind of did wrong. Yeah. Um, there was a case of great expectations here. Many of them realized, but uh, unrecognized, if that makes any sense. Yeah. His legacy is, is truly wonderful because of the 51 cars that were built, 48 are still in existence. 
And Tuckers are so well known now because of those because of the history that we know what happened to the the ones that disappeared we know exactly what happened to them how many were the numbers on that again it was 47 i thought it was 47 40 47 48 of the 50 that were built they know they what happened to they the know what happened with the 47 out of the 50 okay so you figure one of them probably broke down or something like that i know there was like a picture one cut in half or something. Uh, no they like the the missing ones they know what happened to like the oh, ones that okay. aren't considered the 47 or 48 yeah what was it one of them uh, matthew broderick was driving in ireland <laughs> good lord kevin good lord KP. don't use my christian name after i say something so terrible <laughs> good lord <laughs> Jesus, man! You thought you could sneak that in, and I wouldn't get it. Uh, a couple. Of, I gotta. I gotta help Kahuna out here too, though. Uh, there, I did find another uh, New Jersey connection because. Oh boy. Uh, there was a Bruce Willis movie, uh, Sin City Two. Yep. Um, actually, there's a. There's a Tucker uh, in that movie. There's there's a Tucker in that movie, but that particular Tucker was not an original Tucker. It's a replica. It's a replica that are that, built. That's built by Ida Automotive in Morganville, New Jersey. Yep, they they're one of the only official <laughs> Tucker replicas. Is that the one you builders. were going to say earlier? Too? Yep, that's the one. All right. Well, there's a hilarious line. I'll tell you what. This is a great line to go out on too for this one. I want to say first and foremost, thank you to my father. You did excellent research here. I can't, I can't figure out the mechanical stuff. I don't understand cars enough to figure out what's cool and what's not cool. Yeah, we killed about. a few trees on this one. Oh, you yeah. guys are doing uh, – this is <laughs> incredible work over here. Uh, Kahuna, I will say first off, thank you to you. Um, number two, I'm sorry we made you wait this long. Okay, Dude, honestly, don't even apologize. I, I love this show and I've learned – so much with y'all. I'm just happy that I got to share something that I knew was a great story with y'all. He, I, we, didn't have to, it, we didn't he, have to quiz this kid today. No, he, right? was, he was in no on questions. Oh, don't make me do this. I know this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I know this. I know this. <laughs> no, this is a damn good one. Totally fits the motif. Um, so real quick, guys. This is actually uh, Lawrence Patrick's uh, last episode. Before he goes down to Florida, he will come back. He will come back. Okay. <laughs> I don't want... There's a lot of people just clicked oh, off. Put me in the grave. There's a lot of uh, a lot of Patreon uh, 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 cancellations coming in there for a hot second. <laughs> the Dilf will return. However, you are going down to your sojourn as uh, South Beach Larry. Yeah, we'll give the give the South a, a little time. I was going to tell you you were wrong to do it, but the weather today was garbage here in Jersey, so uh, you're doing the right thing. Um, we're going to keep the show rolling. I'll be in studio every Monday moving forward. Here we have one final episode. Before he does uh, go down, again, he will return. It'll be Patreon only. Uh, big, big topic. A fun one, okay? The last name is Roosevelt, okay? It's not It's not Teddy. We're never actually going to cover Teddy. That's the thing. We're never actually going to cover him. The Unless whole... we, like, shift the whole show, we get a badass metal theme <laughs> recreated for American Loser, and the show is called American Winner for just that one episode. <laughs> well, but, the yeah. whole thing is... Um, we just like to cover weird stuff about him and his impact on stuff. That That's how we like to keep him on the show. He's a, a, the spirit animal of the show, if you will. So we're going to uh, we're going to cover a very special topic. I'll even tease it a little bit. Teddy's got a very infamous daughter um, that doesn't get talked about as much as she should. And we're going to cover that exclusively on Patreon, where if you're not already a member, three bucks and that's yours. That means this month you pay me a dollar an hour for the shit that we do over here. I think that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> yeah. All right. So it means a lot to us on that one here too. Um, there's a couple of people we should give shout outs to, but we don't have the time for this one. I will make that up to you guys next week. No, do um, it, man. Do the, it. Um, well, th there's a, a 
the regular, the diehards are always great. Um, our girl Chelsea's great. She kills it. Um, and then uh, uh, Deb actually just had a Deb uh, Potset surgery, and she's been recovering by just binge listening all the past episodes. And I was like, <laughs> all right, we know if we can, if you're sitting on your couch recovering from physical surgery and we're able to compete with how many seasons of Friends are on Netflix, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. So if you can't support me uh, financially on the show here, I totally understand that if you can't help us out, I get it. Okay. Do me a favor though. Uh, share the episodes when they come out. I post every, uh, whenever they come out, I put them up on uh, Facebook. Uh, we shared stuff in the story on Instagram. I'm at KP Burke sucks over there. I do not have access to the American Loser podcast page. I, I'll figure out how to overcome that technical difficulty, but I clicked through something. Uh, they wanted me to verify my age, and I didn't think it was necessary to give them my real birthday. So when I put myself in as one year old, uh, all of a sudden they flagged the account. So I'll figure out how to overcome that one. But the Patreon is American Loser Podcast. Again, as little as three bucks a month. It helps me out. It helps us out a ton. Um, there's some people that give more. There's some people that uh, you know bounce around. Maybe this month they're going to join up or something like that. We do have some more merch coming down the road here too. If you can, guys, also the, the best way to help me out is to uh, support the album, too, when it's coming out, too. That's going to be the biggest deal to me. It is uh, the Legit Passion Project, and all three people in this room put a lot of time and effort into it. One of us directed it. One of us wrote and performed it. One of us drank about Sat and six, six Smittics, I think, throughout the evening, <laughs> watching hey, two shows. He, he came to both shows. Man's got to do what a man's got to do. <laughs> but here's oh, the line man. we're going to go out on for this one. This is, a, I think, a pretty good one. So it's not Sin City 2 that features the Tucker, but Sin City 1. There's a character played by Mickey Rourke named Marv. And Marv has a line in uh, that's fantastic. And I think it's the perfect one here. Um he is trying to find a car. He's got to get a car to get into a uh, to do a job, and uh, he's got a line in his classic Mickey Rourke delivery. And he just goes, uh, uh, "These damn modern cars—they all look like modern shavers." <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's the perfect line on that one, man. Uh, so, Kahuna, thank you so much. LP, thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening. This was a long one. Ming, sorry we're late by a full day. Um, but you guys know we love you. And that was Preston Tucker, American Loser. An American Loser the day I was born. An American Loser the day I was born. An American Loser the day I was born.